Oh, there we go. As long as we're announcing babies being born, we do have a, another birth announcement uh, for today at 4.22 a.m. this morning. Uh, Anna Grace Sturton was born to Mark and Laura Sturton. Roger and Kathy Ediger have a new grandchild, so we are celebrating with them. Seven pounds, three ounces, 21 inches long. She's a keeper. So... We, uh, we've been preparing our hearts for this day. We've been preparing our hearts for uh, the past four weeks as we have been looking at the theme, Come Thou Long Expected Jesus. How the, the anticipation of what it is that Jesus brings, that in, in giving us Jesus, God has given us hope. That God has given us hope that, that we can be uh, released from our sins, we can be released from our fears, that we can actually have rest in Jesus. That we ha- have looked at, at Jesus as the one who is the joy of every longing heart. That, that whatever your, your longings are for, there is a deeper longing that God has placed in you that is only met by Jesus Christ and and the joy that Christ brings is is a fuller joy than can be found anywhere else. That in sending us Jesus, we have have been given one who has come to rule. That that Jesus is a king and that that the proper response to the giving of Jesus is to say rule in all of our hearts alone, that he would have the preeminent place in our lives, that we would love him as Lord. And then the coming of Christ is not something that we look back to, it's something we are looking forward to, that there is a day coming where Jesus Christ will return and he will raise us up with him. All those who belong to him will be raised with him, that we will reign with him in the new heavens and the new earth for all of eternity. And this is our hope. This morning, now, I I want us to say, what is it? That, that all of this should, should culminate in. What, what is, as all of these longings, all of these uh, preparations culminate in, it is the mission of Christmas. And so would you please join me in prayer as we prepare. Heavenly Father, I ask that as your word is opened, that the light of your spirit would shine on our hearts that we would see wonderful things from your word. That in this time, that our hearts would be fed by Jesus, the bread of life. That our thirst would be quenched in him, the living water. In Jesus' name, amen. We've heard it read, but I want to turn your attention now to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, and we're going to focus on the last scene of uh, this story In Luke 2, verses 1 to 20, we're just going to focus on on the the final scene here. I want to draw your attention to verses 15 through 20 this morning. Luke 2, verses 15 through 20. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, 
Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. I've, I know that I, the story I'm about to share, the kids can probably identify with me. When I was uh, a little kid, probably six, seven, eight years old, my, my grandfather had this car that was up on the shelf. And as a young boy, this car looked like this was the perfect car to be playing with. And so one of the greatest disappointments was to be told, no, that's just for looking at. Isn't that like the, the greatest disappointment as a kid is to see something that looks like a really cool toy and to be told, yeah, that's just for looking at. You can't play with it. What, what, a, what a disappointment as a kid to, to, to see a, a cool present being opened and be told, that's just to look at. You know, there are, are great things that, uh, that we just look at from a distance. There is a glory in things that are, are looked at from a distance. And in a lot of ways, that's what God's glory was like in the Old Testament. God's glory was great, and, and it was awesome. It was seen in, in the temple, and, it was, and all of the, the ritual sacrifices and the incense being offered. But there was a strong message. It's just for looking at. Don't touch. There's even a, a very grave story in, in 2 Samuel about the, as the Ark of the Covenant was being transferred uh, to the city of Jerusalem that it was being transferred on an ox cart and, and the oxen stumbled and a man just put his hand out to try to stop the ark from falling and he was struck dead. The glory of the Lord came with a message, just look, don't touch. But something incredible happened in the birth of Jesus. That God's greatest glory was revealed in the sending of his son. And now God's greatest glory comes with an invitation, come near. That there is, is an invitation to, to draw near to God. That, that there's something about a baby that just, just, babies just beg to be held. Babies just beg to be touched. It's, and this is the glory of God in Christ the baby. God had a mission that Christmas. God's mission at Christmas was to bring glory to himself. He wanted to bring glory to himself in the sending of his son as a baby. And the angel army, that's where the, the heavenly host is, it's this angel army, they, they have just sung glory to God in the highest. And now, the praise that is being offered to heaven, from the heavens, God is on a mission. He wants to complete it on the earth. 
So this is the mission of Christmas. The mission of Christmas is the, the glory that God has enjoyed in, in heaven would now be enjoyed on the earth. And, and the mission of Christmas is this. The mission of Christmas is that God would be praised in making known the heart-treasuring nature of Jesus Christ. This is what God wants to accomplish on Christmas is that he would receive praise for people realizing who Jesus really is. The understanding that the the nature of Jesus is so great that he deserves to be treasured in our hearts. And so I want to show you this morning how God accomplished that mission on the first Christmas and what it looks like for God to accomplish that mission today. Three ways that, uh, that God accomplishes his mission. How God accomplished his mission on that first Christmas. There's three particular ways that, that God worked to bring glory to himself on that first Christmas day. First of all, follow with me in verse 15 what the shepherds say. The shepherds said to one another, Let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. Now, this is really obvious. It could probably go without saying, but I'm going to say it anyway, is that if the angel had not showed up and told the shepherds about Jesus being born, they wouldn't have known. That Jesus is the, comes to earth, he is the King of kings and Lord of lords, and yet he comes with such humility that there is no earthly fanfare. That there is nobody on earth that is announcing that the king has come. That God had to send a message from an angelic messenger in order for these shepherds to ever know the greatness of what has just happened. Psalm 19.1 says, the heavens declare the glory of God. The heavens, the stars. The moon, the the galaxies declare God's glory. And yet on this night, God had to send a very specific message to these shepherds because of the humility in which Christ came. You know, I I love the outdoors. There is, is something just about being on a mountaintop and just being able to to. to have an awareness of the presence of God. Just, you know, being able to have a quiet time with the Lord on a mountaintop or by a remote stream, that there is just, just a nearness uh, to God that, that can be felt. But you know, that there, as awesome as it is to be out in nature, as awesome as it is just to lay underneath a moonless sky and just, just watch the stars... That wouldn't have been enough on this night. There's no amount of stargazing that would have led the shepherds to say, you know what, let's go into Bethlehem. God had to show up and he had to tell them, go find the child. Unto you a Savior has been born this day. God had to announce it. God had to make himself known because God is modeling through the angels God is modeling this is how the good news about Jesus spreads this is how the gospel advances Romans chapter 10 verse 14 and then verse 17 how then will they call on him in whom they have not believed 
And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? So faith comes by hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. So one moment, the shepherds are working this routine night shift. And the next moment, they are surrounded by the brilliance of God's glory serving as the backdrop for this angelic message that's being sent unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And that is punctuated by this uh, multitude, countless angels that are resounding the message, glory to God in the highest. And then, just as suddenly, it's dark again. The angels are gone. And what is it that the shepherds are going to do? You know, the, the, the angel doesn't actually tell them to do anything. The angel just comes and makes this announcement to them. They're this once-in-a-lifetime experience for these shepherds was not enough. They would have talked about this for years. Remember that night? Remember that night we were, we were watching the sheep and then just this brilliance that shone everywhere? And then the angel. Wow. Shepherding has just never been the same since then. But, but that wasn't enough. See, they knew that this spiritual experience they had wasn't enough. God actually doesn't give us just spiritual experiences just to, to give us something to remember. God is wanting to move us to action. One uh, commentator wrote, depth of spiritual commitment is determined by the quality of fidelity after the majestic voice is no longer heard. What really shows faith is what we do after the voice is silent. When the voice isn't there, what will you do? See, God was making himself known so that these shepherds would pursue Jesus. And that's exactly what they do. So there's this sense of excitement, this sense of urgency. Verse 16, and they went with haste. They're they're, they're going through the streets of Bethlehem, and and Bethlehem is packed this night. There is no extra room. It's possible that there were other babies that were born this night. But in God's providence, he made sure that there was only going to be one baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, laying in an animal trough. There wouldn't be any confusion. They had found the one the angel had announced. Think of the glorious irony here. You're a shepherd. You have just had this uh, experience that you cannot compare to anything else in your life for the greatness of it, the brilliance of it. Like, so the announcement is like the, the invitation. What would it be like to get this amazing invitation to a birthday party and the invitation ends up being better than the party? 
And yet that's almost what we see here on the surface. Is the, there's this amazing announcement. And what do they do? They show up and it's like, there's this baby in an animal trough. Really? And this is what God is trying to communicate to these shepherds. What he's trying to communicate to us. Is that the greater glory is not in what is before our eyes. The greater glory is what God is preparing to do in our lives. Because the, the humility of Jesus coming is going to go even deeper. That, that Jesus came to be laid in a manger, but, but he wasn't going to ascend to a throne. He was going to be crucified on a cross. That a humble birth was going to be in a humiliating, end in a humiliating death. But it was in Jesus going to the cross that God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow and every tongue confess in heaven and on earth and under the earth that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And, and we are told that, that in Christ now we have the hope of glory. That, that the humility of the manger that led to the humiliation of the cross is now the glory of the exalted Jesus on his throne in heaven and he will return as a glorious king. See, God first makes his glory known by, by making himself known. God is taking this first step of accomplishing his mission in making himself known. But then when the shepherds go in, what do they do? They find Mary, Joseph, and who? The baby. When we read that, we know who the baby is. We just read Mary, Joseph, and Jesus. But one of the things you have to remember is that in Jewish culture, this baby hadn't been named yet. He wasn't named until he was eight days old. So as, as the shepherds are, are there it, at the animal trough, they're, they're, they, they meet, hi, who are you? You're Mary and, and you're Joseph and oh, we have a baby. They, they only have one way to identify this baby and that's, that's by the titles that they were, were given by the angel. Who is this? This is our Savior. He is Christ, the Messiah. He's the Lord. What God wants to reveal to these shepherds, what he wants to reveal to us, is who Jesus really is. It's not just the name Jesus. It is who he is. He is our Savior. He is the world's True and chosen king, anointed by God, he is the Lord of the universe. See, God, God speaks to reveal his glory, and then God confirms just what he said to the shepherds, he actually now reveals in Bethlehem. Because the angel told them, they would find the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. And that's exactly what the shepherds found. 
See, God is accomplishing his mission by confirming his word. And what God does is, is when we act in faith, God confirms his word. This is the pattern that we see throughout Scripture. This is what Jesus said in John 7, verse 17. If anyone's will is to do God's will, he will know whether the teaching is from God. You see, Jesus is, is saying that when you act in faith, then God will confirm his will. God will confirm his word. See, this is the... the the conclusion that the shepherds came to was that God had told the truth. That, that when God spoke and said a Savior had been born and they found it confirmed by going to Bethlehem. Then verse 17. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. What did they make known? They made known the saying The shepherds went out telling everybody, we have found the Savior who is Christ the Lord. This is what the angel said to them. This is what was confirmed to them when they went and found the baby lying in, in this animal trough. And then they said, we found it. God said it. God confirmed it. Now we're going to spread it. And this is the, the third way God accomplishes his mission. God accomplishes his mission by speaking. God accomplishes his mission by confirming. And now God co- accomplishes his mission by sending out the shepherds. And by the shepherds speaking it. You know, with, without a doubt, these shepherds began telling people. We, we were out in the fields and then there, there was the brightness of God's glory and there was an angel and, and then there was all this, this multitude. But what was the, the point of their message? The point of their message was not the experience they had. The point of their message was who Jesus was. What they spread to everyone is, we have found the Savior, Christ the Lord. This is how God accomplishes his mission today. He speaks in his word. He confirms it. Those who believe are are sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. We see that in Ephesians 1 verse 13. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. Then people tell the others the good news. Now, there's there's a variety of responses When the message is shared, people respond in a variety of ways. Luke gives us three ways that people respond here. I want to just uh, share them with you briefly. So this is how people respond to God's mission. The first response we see in verse 18 is amazement. It says, and all who heard it wondered. This word wonder is translated in other places, marveled, amazed. The story of of angelic visitors definitely would have gotten people's attention. There would have been amazement at the the message from these shepherds. You know, on this night in Bethlehem, Bethlehem is packed. And why is Bethlehem so packed on this night? The reason why Bethlehem was packed on this night is because a far-off emperor had given a decree that people needed to to leave where they were living and go back to their hometowns and register for a census, which always meant taxation. That 
this was a reminder. The Beth, the, a full town of Bethlehem on this night was a reminder that these people were under the hand of a foreign ruler. So there would have been amazement at the announcement of, of an angelic message declaring a, a new king. That, that Caesar Augustus had offered peace, but it had come at a price. It had come at a price of oppression and, and heavy taxation. And now shepherds are, are coming saying that there is a new king and, and God's peace is on those whom, with, with whom he is pleased. This is going to be, bring amazement for sure. But amazement, as, as good as that is, and, and we should be amazed at Jesus. We, we should be amazed at, at the, the good news of the gospel. That there is hope for those who are hurting. That, that there is, is peace for those who are anxious. That, that there is, is meaning for those who are lost. There is forgiveness for those who have sinned. All of these are, are amazing truths. But amazement is not enough. Because when Jesus went back to his hometown in Nazareth, when, when he grew up, he went into a synagogue and he began preaching. And Luke 4 verse 22 says, And all spoke well of him and marveled at the gracious words that were coming from his mouth. And they said, Is not this Joseph's son? It's this response of amazement again at Jesus. But then what happens is that the people that were amazed at Jesus' words turn and try to throw him off of a cliff. The amazement is, is not enough. Jesus touched on this in a conversation he had with one of the religious leaders, Nicodemus, when he said in John 3, verse 7, Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. See, it's, it's one thing to be amazed. It's one thing to be amazed by, by an illusionist. It's another thing to say, yes, I'll be a volunteer. You see, we need more than amazement. We must move from amazement to trust. To respond with trust is to respond as Mary did. If you look with me at verse 18, or verse 19, but Mary treasured up all these things. See, Mary shows us that, that trust in Jesus is treasuring Jesus. Mary shows us that there is the movement from amazement to, to treasuring. When she heard what the shepherds said, that God had told them about who Jesus was, Mary let it sink deep into her heart and held on tight. That doesn't mean that she had it all figured out. Because it says here that she pondered them in her heart. We, we see in Mary it, walking with Jesus, raising Jesus, seeing him in his, his public ministry, and really trying to figure out what does it mean that my son is the Savior of the world. She, she had struggles in, in her own relationship with Jesus. 
treasuring Jesus in your heart doesn't mean there's, there's no struggles. It doesn't mean there's no questioning. But it means persevering in faith. And that's exactly what Mary did. Because we see in Acts chapter 1 that, that Mary is in the upper room praying with the other disciples when God sends the Holy Spirit. You see, Mary believed in Jesus' true worth. See, Mary demonstrates what, what Jesus said himself in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 6, verse 21. For where your treasure is, there will your hearts be also. Our hearts and our treasures cannot be separated. To treasure Jesus is to give your allegiance to Jesus. How about you? Have you moved past amazement at Jesus to to treasuring Jesus? Have you moved past knowing the name Jesus and treasuring in your heart that he is your Savior, Christ the Lord? See, lastly... We see that that those who who treasure Jesus, who've seen that he is exactly who God says he is, respond lastly with praise. Amazement moves to treasuring, moves to praise. And that's what we see in the shepherds. Verse 20. And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. See The shepherds went back to being shepherds, but they'd been transformed because they had heard God speak. They had seen God confirm it, and now they're they're praising God that he has been true to his word, that they cannot keep this to themselves anymore, that they are responding with praise to God and letting everyone know we have found Christ the Lord, the Savior of the world. They found Jesus to be exactly who God says he is. That that is God now accomplishing his mission. That that now the praise that was in heaven is now being responded to from the earth. The praise that was announced from the angels is now being praised by the shepherds. That God accomplished his mission on that first Christmas day. But the mission continues The mission continues now for us. The the, the mission continues that that, that we would take the good news of Jesus and continue to take it out into the world. That that the praise that we give to Jesus would be be heard by others. You know, that's exactly what what this month has has been about in Niger. That in, in Niger, two different teams have gone out from our church and we've seen 25 wells dug in Niger Now there's 25 places in Niger where now there there is fresh water. Where where people can come and hear that that there is something greater than water. That your your physical thirst is to lead you to finding a quenching of your spiritual thirst. And and these wells are an opportunity for for the people of Niger who who are enslaved. And they're lost in sin. They're, They're they're trapped into a system that, that is this, this mixture of Islam and, and local religions. And, and they don't know that God has sent his son Jesus as the true king of the world. The savior who is Christ the Lord. 
And so now we, we pray. We pray that the mission would be completed there in Niger. We pray that the mission would be completed around our own tables. May, may your own Christmas dinner today be a Christmas dinner where you praise God for sending Jesus Christ the Lord, the Savior of the world. Hey, this, this would be a good question for you around your Christmas dinner table. What is it about Jesus that makes worth celebrating all around the world? What is it about Jesus that, that is worthy of a worldwide celebration? You see, the mission of Christmas is that God would be praised in making known the heart-treasuring nature of Jesus Christ. That's what it means to have a truly Merry Christmas. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we're reminded in the encounter of these shepherds that there are no insignificant people. We have, we have, no, we have no excuse. We're, we can't say they were, they were better than us. So, May we follow in, in their footsteps, worshiping Jesus as the Savior of the world and praising you for confirming that Jesus is exactly who you said he is. May our homes, may our conversations, may our lives be filled with praise that you would accomplish your mission in us. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's all stand together. One, two, one, two, three. Sing along the way a manger no crib for a bed the Shout!
Bless you. Merry Christmas.